Welcome to the Mommy Matters podcast, where Mommy Matters is a double entendre that states and declares that mommies matter, where we have conversations surrounding Mommy Matters from conception to pregnancy to postpartum, mother and father wounds, dating, mindfulness and self-care, spirituality, parenting, discipline, legislation, money, and so much more. It is my hope and my prayer that the information that you gather here serves as a blueprint for generational and individual ascension. Enjoy. So welcome, 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 welcome to the Mommy Matters podcast, where we discuss all things mommy. And today's topic and subject is healing ourselves, healing our children. And I am honored to have our guest um, of Soul Centered Mama, Miss Violet Moon, who is yeah. going to talk to us about um, various aspects of healing ourselves and the interaction between healing ourselves and um, raising our children at the same time. And so, you know, Mommy Evolve is very much so about having that um, interaction of mothering yourself and understanding what that means, taking care of yourself and really uh, reflecting and thinking about how that affects how you interact with your children, how you teach them lessons, et cetera, et cetera. So we're gonna dive a little bit more deeply into that. But before we do that, let us speak with Miss Violet Moon. Hi, Violet. Hi, I'm so excited to be here today. <laughs> I am glad to have you. Thank you so much for agreeing and being punctual and, and being here. Right, that's, 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 that means something. <laughs> that's how you know you're an organized mama, okay? <laughs> well, I try my best, but you know, with these five humans that are just here all the time, or sometimes organized just looks like I need a nap and I'm going right. to go nap today. <laughs> uh, that's a beautiful thing. I napped so long yesterday I couldn't sleep last night. I was like, oh, well. It's like... I love it. That's what happens. Yes. <laughs> so, Violet, I'll hand it over to you to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your business, Soul Center Mama, and what you do. And yes. Yay. Okay. So, um, what Soul Center Mama about it is about is about helping mothers um, connect back into themselves and find alignment with themselves and who they are so that they can learn how to uh, pretty much release the uh, stories and things that they've been carrying for. I don't even know how long we carry things for um, that can hinder uh, what they want to create with their children. So it's really about helping them align and release what's not there so that they can be um, pretty much the best mama to their ability with what they have at the moment. Um, and, but the interesting thing about it is that it usually goes so much deeper than just that. You know, whenever I tell anyone that, um, it seems like it's just that stuff, but it's usually always uh, multi-layered things that come in. And what I do through Soul Centered Mama is that I provide, um, I provide services in, in order to help them gain a deeper understanding and bridge the connection between the spirit world and their spiritual selves and their actual earthbound selves in order for them to connect the pieces and really get 
down into the core of what those things are that are um, causing like auto reactions and things that keep them from gaining that alignment space with themselves that they will, you know, in turn give to their children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember when I spoke to you before on the phone and um, you were just so spot on with what was rustling inside of me <laughs> in terms of, <laughs> you know, me, it, it all just came down to me and my personal belief in myself and you like were able to hit that spot head on like immediately. And yeah. so, you know, it really does come down to what is going on with your soul and what it is that you need to um, become aware of, you know, yes. because, you know, we always, we say that we, we, um, we need to release what is not ours, but there's so much that is not ours that oftentimes yes. just our awareness makes us able to switch gears and switch thought process in the moment that we see that something is happening that we know we don't want to carry with us. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so how long have you been doing this work and what, you know, made you come into doing this work? Uh, well, I have, I started this work on like on my own and for my family and my children. And it started off, um, I'd say my oldest is 13 now. So I started with myself. Like I've been doing the work that I do because um, Soul Centered Mama helps moms align. But my part in Soul Centered Mama is the spiritual part. Um, and what I do is that, I, as I said before, I connect the spiritual stuff with the everyday stuff. So my part started um, when my oldest was, I'd like to say, about four or five years old. Mm-hmm. When I started to realize that she was becoming, I was parenting on autopilot when she was little. Mm-hmm. Um, and hey, yes, I was autopilot, <laughs> you know, and what happened was that I started to realize that a lot of the things that she was that were coming up and a lot of the things that she was like demonstrating to me were coming from a deeper place and I had to understand I'm, you know, and I remember thinking to myself when she was really little, okay, I want my daughter to want to be close to me, mm-hmm. but she's not, you know, and at that time it was just really hurtful because you want your kids to be close to you. You want your kids to want you, you want your kids, you know, obviously that's like a double-edged sword because as we were, you know, speaking about a little while ago, um, we do have to find balance and then that's right. a whole nother topic. A healthy but, closeness so that exactly. they're not dependent. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, um, but I realized that what was happening was the opposite. And in that time, I remember thinking, okay, she's like this with me, but my mom, who was actually taking care of her at that time, she was not like that with my mom. With So I'm like, okay, then this is something that has to do with me. And I'm like, like super duper uber like introspective person like that is just my personality so everything I sort of turn it around and and take it into myself and I was like okay so if she's not like this with my mom but she's like this with me that means that there's something I'm doing that's causing her to have this reaction with me so that kind of started me on the path of saying hmm there is something going on that I have to really get to the core of so that I can turn around because it's not working. What I'm doing is not working. Um, and it, you know, it started up my personal journey in that sense. Um, and then 
for other people, I say I started doing the work that I started on my end. I started helping other moms do, um, I'd say four years ago, about four or five years ago, I started doing it professionally. And then the spiritual stuff really came in about two years ago, two to three years ago, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So it's been like That's an evolution. Hard. Right, right. That's that's basically what happens because with me, similar things started with mm-hmm. my realization of how my relationship with my own mother had affected my parenting or my conceptualization of parenting. Yes. Um, and then it really then I realized how my just nat- natural pet personality <laughs> was interacting with my parenting. So I got to understand more about astrology and different things. But anyway. Um, this is like such a, a, um, integrated topic and it's a very difficult topic for a lot of people to understand because of yes. the way that we perceive parenting. Yes. So it's very multi-layered. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that because okay. like we both said, you know, our perception of parenting was, was not developed <laughs> for whatever yes. reason. And yes. so we had this struggle in this clash with just the basic thing, which is what we pers- we assume that we should be able to do, which is nurture our children and right. have this with them. Why do you think that is? What What do you think that is on a societal level, maybe in a family? How does this this lack of awareness come about? If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So. I think that, you know, just to start off with, I don't, I think that somewhere along the line, I, I know where, but I don't want to like get too deep because people are going to be like, what? Um, but <laughs> it really comes deep as you want. There's going to be people who will definitely understand. That's very true. That's, that's absolutely true. But it, a lot of it comes from the simple fact um, that we are not taught, whether it's culturally, society, or generationally, we are not taught to have awareness. We are taught to, we are taught to obey, we are taught to do, and we are taught to create uh, things, right? So we are taught to be as functional as possible and to get things done versus allowing awareness to come into our spheres, if you will. And because of this, you know, we live in, we do live in a society where um, production is valued, right? Production is valued above everything else. And that's really sort of the undercurrent of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And when you take into consideration that production is very valued, like it comes down to everything. Like, you know, the mom that we perceive to have it together is the mom whose house is clean, the mom whose children are well-mannered. The mom whose children look all polished, um, the mom who never screams. Like we are, we are taught to be productive. So when all of these other things come in that don't feel like being productive or leading to production, that make you stop and make you um, sort of have to function on a very basic human level, we automatically want to stop those things. Right. You know, and what ends up happening is that the truth of reality is in those moments so what ends up happening is that we treat our children in the same way it's like you know a lot of the times um and these are things as i said before they are auto reactions Mm -hmm. and they come without us really paying attention to them they're just things that were taught to us and we're just like boom okay this is just the way i'm going to react you know so uh for instance if 
our child is uh, struggling with something, mm-hmm. our natural reaction is to say, well, stop that because right now I don't have time to, st- to do this with you because I have to right. cook a dinner. I have to make a meal. I have to do this. Our auto reactions are, ain't nobody got time for that. You know, right. but realistically speaking, in that moment, there's something going on there that we need to take care of. But because it doesn't match our productivity and where we think we have to go, we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to handle it. And it is a learned behavior, if you will, to not focus on those things. It's a learned behavior on more level than one to not stop and actually become aware enough to see what's happening in the moment. Because Mm -hmm. I have to do this right now. I have to do that right now. I have to make dinner. We have to run over here. We have to stop here and do this. We have to stop and do that. You know, and it's, it's really funny because, um, as I was telling you a moment ago, it took me three hours to leave my house a few days ago. And, you know, <laughs> we were going to the place away. Like I don't even want to go nowhere more. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, and it took us three hours and it was like, okay, it's going to take us three hours. I didn't set out for it to take us three hours, but it's because I had to keep stopping and doing things along the way. Now, of course I was, I was aggravated because I was like, okay, oh Jesus, I just want to get here. Can we just get here? But in between people needed food. People were, you know, disagreeing, people were having arguments. I had to stop this one from fighting. I had to do this. So it's all of these things where once we get into ourselves to, you know, it's, it's a constant reminder of right now and what's happening now matters more than what I think matters. And it's about allowing ourselves the awareness to say, okay, I'm going to stop for a moment and figure this out. Because what happens is that we've become very used to glossing things over so that we can get to the next place. Yes. And in that, in that space of glossing things over consistently or trying to get to whatever destination we're getting to, um, whether that's leaving or cooking or cleaning or sweeping or creating or, you know, all of these other things, we're consistently telling ourselves that what's happening isn't important without even realizing it, but more than that, we're modeling to our children that what they have going on also isn't important. And when that translates to them is, um, your feelings don't matter, what you have going on doesn't matter, but I'm gonna teach you, which again is where we started, I'm gonna teach you how to react in this circumstance instead. Right. And this right. is where our auto reactions kick in. So we're modeling these things consistently because no, we don't stop anymore to say, okay, what is it? What's happening? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes to everything. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because again, these are things that I had to see within myself. Yes. In order to really be, because you had to be honest with your own self, right? In Mm -hmm. order to bring that honesty to other people. And, um, you know, as you're talking, it makes me realize how we, we deaden our children's emotional IQ. And that many times when we are trying to, when you see a conflict between parents um, and children, it's because the children oftentimes they don't feel heard. They don't feel seen. They don't feel validated. All of those things. Um, Absolutely. And so when you see them acting out in any sort of way, that's typically, you know, what is happening. 
Um, and, I, and again, I had to look back on my own life because that's part of, you know, being a mother is healing that inner child and understanding that, you know, <laughs> what happened to you as a yeah. child and how that needs to be um, brought to your awareness and rectified. But I realized mm -hmm. in my own childhood that that's the reason why, you know, I am you know, in certain areas, the way that I am. Right? Right, right. And then now trying to unravel all of those things. And when you, when it comes back to it, um, you know, being, having worked with families that I have worked with and seen certain things, um, it really requires, being a parent really requires you to be able to have a playful personality. I'm like, this should be yeah. a very enjoyable thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> many people, it's not. It's not, right. It's not. That's very true. Yeah, you're fighting against being this quote-unquote adult and really getting, <laughs> <laughs> really getting yourself in, in back into that childlike, playful state. Right. Um, it shouldn't be a struggle, you know. I think that you should consistently now I know that you should consistently be in that playful um state right. adult adult things don't quote-unquote adult things don't come up but right. um that level of playfulness is so yeah. we talked about awareness so once mm -hmm. awareness happens what what's next um I think usually after awareness I learned that the next things that have to do is we have to learn how to be silent in what we're finding and really learn how to pay attention to the stuff that's coming up so that we can allow it to deconstruct mm. and this is I think this is the hardest part for everyone is that deconstruction because mm when something is deconstructing, it's like dying away, right? So it's like we're dying to ourselves. And that's really hard for a lot of people to actually grasp, mm -hmm. right? Because what it's doing is that it's telling you everything that you thought was a lie, everything that you believe to be true is not true. Mm -hmm. Everything that has made you who you are up to this point is not right, you know? And that's, very, that's a very difficult process to have to go through. Um, and what we do is that when, um, because so many of us, as you said before, and I thought it was, it was brilliant that you said that because it's so true. Like we don't have, um, as a societal whole, when it comes to, not even to parenting, but just to ourselves, like the majority of us don't have emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. right? So what ends up happening is that because we don't know how to understand, um, you know, emotions and the emotions, especially within ourselves, um, what ends up happening is that these things come up, we find awareness, which is where a lot of people go backwards. You know, we, you find, you're like, okay, I'm going to be aware, I'm going to be in the moment. And then something happens and it forces you to question yourself and rather than sitting with that stuff that's coming up and you're forced, being forced to question, it's, we start making excuses. We start to say, oh, no, this isn't me. We start to say, well, this is your fault. If this, this wouldn't have happened if you would have just X, Y, and Z this. You know? And what we do is we make excuses and we point fingers and we blink. We don't accept. Mm -hmm. We don't accept. Or sometimes we accept and we're like, well, that's just the way it is. Right. <laughs> I've noticed right. that too. Right. <laughs> but that's also, like, okay. I think, that's yeah. also, I think, like in a deeper sense, it's also part of not accepting because what we're doing is that we're not taking it on. We're not, right. we're, not, yeah. we're automatically rejecting it. So by saying it's like, um, one of, I don't know who said it, like someone said by non-compliance, like, uh, by, 
not doing something when we realize that something is wrong, we're actually complying to it. You know, it's kind of that, if you will. So it's like, we see it and then we're like, well, this is just the way that it is. You've just accepted that by not allowing yourself to say, hmm, Mm -hmm. this doesn't really make sense to me. You've automatically, um, disassociated yourself from it and you've made you we we put ourselves in positions where we feel powerless Mm. because we're like well this is just the way that it's always been i don't have the power to change this Mm -hmm. you know so it all comes down to lack of um really being responsible for these things and you know i i really do believe that just because we feel something or see it or or experienced it doesn't mean that we have to continue it forever. Like, you know, we, we are possible. It is possible for us to change. It is possible. I do believe that as well. Yes. And as you were just talking, I, I, you know, it comes down to our inability to change things. I think, um, comes down to that production mindset still because we think that that change is going to look a certain way, right? <laughs> right? Like it's going to be all pretty and in a package, mm-hmm. and you know, after you know, we're going to be like I always use my journey to to losing weight, right? Yeah, oh my gosh! <laughs> I always say yeah. we watch um, what's the you know those shows like Biggest Loser, yes. um, you know these different shows. I don't watch TV anymore, so I don't know what's mm-hmm. out there, but um. <laughs> You know, we we see people. We see one episode, and we see how people that have done lost fifteen pounds in one episode, and we think that we're gonna lose fifteen pounds. And then, you know, after we just did, yes. we ate one salad, so we're gonna weigh ourselves. <laughs> That's so yeah. true. It's now, very true. Life is not microwave, as no. <laughs> and yeah, and it's so funny that you say that because it's true. We become it with the society that we now live in. Everything is so instant. Mm -hmm. everything is instant and everything is so packaged and you know our cell phones the media the stuff we consume the food we consume everything is instant like right now Mm -hmm. so our children literally teach us to slow down Mm -hmm. now whether we're going to listen or not that's a different story like you can listen today or you can listen tomorrow but at some point you're going to have to slow down to this and depending on when you do actually stop and slow down to it not only is it dependent on you and your persona, but you know the amount of muck that we carry the longer we go directly relates to how long it's been going on you know so it's like if we don't stop and we don't become aware of this stuff because we're so we just so want to stop it all and just be instant and keep going. Um, it really does create like a tale of things when we don't realize it mm. you know and going back to what I was saying a moment ago, it's, it really is a product of more than uh, like anything else, really understanding that it's a process. And sometimes after awareness happens, you know, you might be in the next phase, which is allowing stuff to come up for understanding and clearing it out for years like for years, you know, and (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. it took me, I I like to say like my first step was awareness. And I realized that we all go through this process. It's the same process for everyone. It just looks different for everyone. Just like you said, you know, so once I became aware of the stuff that I had going on and the fact that my daughter was not responding to me that way that I wanted to respond to respond to me, I think it took about 
five to six years for the change to completely like sit in my home and for it to be completely different. Like I literally sat in my home with these things to change them and face them and understand them for a good period of five to six years. It's not instant, you know, and we, what we do is that we don't love ourselves there. We judge ourselves there. We criticize ourselves there. We make ourselves feel bad there. We take the weight of, as you said a moment ago, what we should do be doing or what it should look like. And we make it our own personal, like, weight. We add, we just add it to ourselves, right. you know? Yeah. And that, that's when you see the whole mommy guild. That's when you see us, you know, criticizing ourselves and feeling bad for ourselves. And, you know, because societally we are taught to blame each other and blame ourselves rather than nurture each other, the vast majority of us don't have people that will sit with us. Mm. And it hurts. So what we do, we just go in deep. That again, <laughs> because I think this is so crucial. Yes. Because we, and I, and I can't even say that I'm not a part of that too. Because I may have done a <laughs> lot of that judging in my not being yep. aware days as well. Yeah. Judge mothers mm-hmm. a lot. Yes, we do. We everything. do everything for everything. And you know, I think it's. One of the things that I found interesting um, when I was in that process of switching everything over, and, and I'll say, like, it never ends. I mean, I've gone through that process numerous times. It just, that was just the bulk of it. That was the bulk of it. But I've gone through the same process of awareness, destruction, um, allowing and acceptance. And then, because this is usually the process, you know, allowing, accepting, and then bringing in the change with our personalities, you know, and I've gone through that process numerous times over the last, my oldest is 13, um, with over the last 13 years, um, with all of them, as a matter of fact, but I've also done the same thing. I've gone to the place where I'm like, Ooh, look at what she's doing over there. You know, and what ends up, what we're doing ideally is that we're not owning ourselves in that space. We're not owning our perfectionism in that space. We're not owning our, um, we're not owning our shortcomings. What we're doing is that we're putting it off into other people. And it's just a function, I feel, of how broken we are. And the fact that we don't know, we don't know where to gather our forces from. So we're all just kind of grasping at straws. Right. I think, yeah, it's definitely a sign of how, unaware of how powerful we are it's like you know one of the things that I do with you know my clients people that I work with is to get them to go back to times that they trusted themselves to do certain things so that they can remember that um you just have to trust yourself in in right in that process it's going to get to where it needs to be for you right um and that is so critical for us and what I mean as if you're a mother a woman who has had a baby you have experienced the most amount of trust that you could experience <laughs> ever yeah. with gestating and carrying a baby yes yes you don't know what's happening <laughs> that's very <laughs> okay. true and then before you know it you got a whole other human being mm-hmm. that you are in charge of their mental spiritual and physical well right right um, 
So something trusted you to have that happen. Right. Uh, you know. That's very true. <laughs> and it's funny that. because I find that, you know, a lot of times with ourselves, it's we trusted our bodies and, you know, creator or, or whatever anyone wants to call it and time and space to give ourselves that time or give time that time to create this human being and create this life and create something new out of the void that is pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And yet we don't do that to ourselves so that we can give that back to them, mm -hmm. you know, and we don't, which is where I think a lot of the, you know, this conversation started, which is where we have to give those things back to ourselves in mm -hmm. order for us to be what we want to be, you know, and it, you know, as you said before, like that's one of your practices. One of mine is to really have my, like my, my clients sit down and say, those that come to me for help with their children, it's put in your mind, the scenario, like the, the, the greatest outcome that you want. Right. And then you allow life and time to fill those spaces in without conditions. Yes. You say, we're going yes. to get there. We're going to get there. doesn't mean it's going to look a certain way, but just know that this is what I'm trying to create. This is what I want and allow things to come up for reconstruction and destruction as they come up, you know, and where I said before is also still true in this process where it's going to come up. It's going to feel yucky and it's going to not feel good at all, but it's going to lead you into another place. And it's like, we just have to allow that space to refill us with other things. And, but just really understanding that in that time, we have to care for ourselves. We have to be good to ourselves. Yeah. We have to fill with ourselves, with ourselves, the things that are going to make us feel good and nurtured and know that we're worthy of it so that we can put this back into these humans that have come into for us to take care of that is so critical that self-care and, yes. and and you know i always say you know we always go to the, the cookie cutter thing of self-care you know when we're going through these processes these are emotional and spiritual processes yes so it's going to require emotional and spiritual um, things yes. to fill up that, right? We often go to the physical, you know, you know, but I always say the getting the hair and the nails, which is great. It yeah. makes you feel good temporarily, but listening to and satiating your desires for yourself mm -hmm. is going to be what's going to fill you up even more because exactly. that is what's going to make you trust yourself even more. Mm -hmm. yep, right? exactly. That's going to make you trust spirit even more in the universe even more. Right, right. In order for us to get to that next place, you, you know. To be filled up to get to those next place and to really exactly. love yourself and love yourself. And, and love yourself. And, 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 and listen, even though I am, you know, considered, you know, the self-care person, it took me some time to get it and <laughs> You don't know how yeah. many people told me the same yeah. thing over and over and over again. And yeah. I was like, but, but, you know. It's very true. <laughs> and, you know, the interesting so, thing is that the whole, I, I love that you said that, you know, we go through, we go to the same auto stuff like, oh, many petty. But yeah. self-care sometimes means something as simple as I'm going to let myself cry yeah. for an entire day because my inner child needs to cry. I'm hurt. I want to cry. You know, self-care sometimes means, you know what? I don't want to do these flipping dishes today. 
I'm going to leave them in the sink because I'm going to run myself ragged. And, you know, because we have, as I was saying before, this is the part where people, where it starts to get really involved, right? We have all of these stories and auto reactions that just come on wire and we don't realize them. So self-care may be something as simple as I'm not doing these freaking dishes because we have one, what, what, what's been given to us moms is the, the, this feeling that we have to be all do all for everyone except for ourselves. We have to be the martyrs. We have to be this, you know, and we have this 1950s housewife model in our, the back of our minds that says, in order for you to be a good mom, your kitchen has to be spotless. Mine isn't. <laughs> it's, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. and we have this thing where it's like, well, in order for me to be a good mom, I have to, my house has to be spotless. Mm. My children have to be what I said in the beginning, this, that, or the other. And we run ourselves ragged chasing these stories of what it is that we're supposed to be doing and what we're supposed to look like, mm. you know? And to me, one of the most freeing things, and it's funny because if I tell people like normally they're going to be like, what? But for me, one of the most freeing things, and I remember it like it was today, I was in my kitchen and I grew up with my mom. My mom had like a job. My mom worked, my kids and I, my, my, my sister and I went to school, my mom worked and my mom's house, she came from like the Caribbean. We're Dominican. Mm -hmm. In the Caribbean. My family's from Jamaica. So listen, oh, honey. So you know. Spotlessness. Yes. Your house is spotless. Yes. You can <laughs> see from like the front part of like somebody walks by, they can see into your entire house. Mm -hmm. So because of that, there's this thing where your house has to be spotless and you cook all your meals and all this other stuff so we grew up with my mother literally my mother tells me she's alive still and she says like I didn't think I was going to make it past 35 the way that I had to live my life in order for me to like raise you guys and make money and you know keep everything going you know even now she says it like she has arthritis and she says this arthritis is due to the way that I lived my life when you guys were little because of what I thought I had to do so you know my mom she now, like, she lives, obviously, she's like, I'm not doing that stuff no more. Mm -hmm. But it took her years to get to that space. But I grew up watching my mother keep a spotless house after coming home at 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night, make us dinner because we could, we literally ate everything in home. Mm -hmm. Like, we didn't eat out. Like, to us, eating out was a treat that happened once a month or something. It wasn't, it wasn't something we did. We ate every single meal out of my mother's kitchen. I grew up thinking that in order for me to be a good mom, my kids had to eat every single meal. And this is like, this is like a sub story underneath another story, underneath another story. And right. I thought that for my kids to be balanced and whatever else I put into it, every meal had to come out of my kitchen, you know, and everything had to be cooked and it had to be a production. It had to be a this and that. And I had a moment of clarity one day where I was like, you know what? I don't have to make this big, huge meal for dinner tonight. Like it doesn't have to be rice and beans and chicken. Why can't they eat like grilled cheeses with soup? Thank you. Why can't I make like, cereal. you know, tuna? <laughs> why can't they have some cereal? And I'm telling you, this was like, seriously, this was like two years ago. Yeah. about two years ago. And it took me years of undoing all this stuff, you know, and I didn't realize I wasn't taking care of myself because I thought everything had to be done from scratch 
out of my kitchen. And this is something that, you know, for seven people, I'm in the kitchen a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's seven of us. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the kitchen all the time. So when I had this realization, it blew my mind. I was like, what? These, these people can have cereal for dinner sometimes? Mm-hmm. Like, they want pancakes today, and I don't have to make, like, rice and beans with, like, you know, plantains on the side and salad and all this stuff. You know, like, I was like, whoa. All right, children, you're having like tuna today. What, what kind of tuna you want? You want, you want PB&J today? Mm-hmm. And that set me free. But I wasn't taking care of myself before that point. I was running myself ragged. And self-care in that moment was simply, I don't have to cook a big meal. Right. You know, but it's, as, as I said, we have all of these stories of these things that are running us and all of these labels and we don't realize that they're happening. But what we do realize is the feeling of yes. unsatisfaction. You realize yes. the feelings of resentment. Like I tell people, if you feel resentment, that means there's something that you're doing that's not lining up with who you are and what you want. Resentment is an indication that yes. you're not living according to your own standards. Yes. I was, oh, a whole heck of a lot resenting all those meals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But it was because Absolutely. I was telling myself that I had to do that. Yep. Absolutely. I, I have had a similar situation, but I think yeah. that for me, things more so came to a head when I got married because I was a single parent. Right. That adds even more stress and pressure. Let me just say. So I get that, you know, mentality of many single parents that don't want to ask for help and things like that. It's like a badge of honor. Appear, exactly. Especially Mm -hmm. when we're growing up in these times or we're seeing these times when there's so many single parent households. Yes. And, um, but my wake up call, quite frankly, was getting married and realizing that my and my husband would say to me you know if you don't want to do it then don't do it but i always felt like i needed to do it <laughs> you know what i'm saying and, yeah. and i really started to observe the males in my just males period right exactly. so you have the ones that don't mind cleaning they'll clean and do stuff you have ones that ain't going to do it um and then you have ones that'll just pay somebody to do it for them right <laughs> Right. Can we find some of those everywhere? Like, let's pay right. people. <laughs> right. But that's the point that I've gotten to because I'm just like, I simply yeah. don't want to do it. I have no time for it. Exactly. So I just leave it. And I do things when I feel like doing it. And that's it. Including, and that's it. I don't do any anything yeah. that I don't feel like doing. I'm not doing it. Period. You're not doing it. And that is a really huge form of self-care. Mm-hmm. Because at the core of it, Self-care is about caring for yourself Mm -hmm. and caring for yourself spiritually, emotionally, and physically so that you can bring forth the best version of yourself. We cannot be the best version of ourselves when we're running ourselves ragged on all of these other layers. What we feel like, don't feel like doing. But again, as you said, we learn it in society. We go to jobs that are nine to five, even though we know daggone well by 12 o'clock, we've done all the work we need to do. So we just sitting there for five hours, six hours. That is so true. (laughs) You know, what's funny is this is, this is how, you know, and our children teach us about these things, even when we're not paying attention. And when we're very, very, when, even when they're in womb, like in utero, right? So here's a funny story. I remember now that you say that with these nine to fives. So my sons, when I was pregnant with my twins, I had twins. 
when I was pregnant with my twins, I ha- I eventually stopped working because, you know, I had twins and I had other stuff. But I remember one day sitting at my desk and I was, you know, very corporate. I had a desk and all this other stuff. And I remember sitting there one day and I was exhausted. Like pregnancy with twins is exhausting. Mm, I can imagine. You know, and oh, you bring me coffee. Thank you. Um, and I was very pregnant with my twins. And my my I remember thinking it was like one o'clock in the afternoon two o'clock in the afternoon and I remember thinking I'm done for the day I'm tired I want to nap like I don't want to do this anymore and I remember thinking now I don't I don't recommend anyone to do this I'm just you know I'm just saying I'm just giving you guys a story (laughs) it's your story okay you can go on to work and be like I'm I'm done I was done I was done and I remember thinking I was pregnant with my twins and I remember thinking, I just can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't adult anymore. I'm tired. I still have two small kids because when I was pregnant with my twins, my daughters were only two and three. Mm. And it, it just like, I, at one point I had four kids under four. Like I went, I went through the ringer, you know? Mm. And I remember thinking, that's it, I'm done. And I went into like the executive's office and I said, listen, I've done all my, all the work that I had to do for the day and I'm going home. And this, this man looked at me like I'd lost my mind, but I was serious. He could tell that I was serious. Mm-hmm. You know? And I said, I've done all the work that I've had to do. I have to leave. And he was like, uh okay and I left like (laughs) I then left and it was because like now granted again that was that was that was created and cultivated through this twin pregnancy (laughs) because before that I was looking like look mommy you got to to go you gotta go and they're like that now which is which I find really amusing like my twins if it's not serving them they're not doing it <laughs> that's children in general and, and yes. yes and that and, and one of the things that I learned from the children also just from you know my <clears> own <throat> child as well as children that I you know care for as a care yes. um like they'll do stuff but it has to be fun yes it like, does all right I clean up but can I can I have fun cleaning up can we play like, can I we gotta do everything out of and I think that that's a huge part of yes. our unraveling of ourselves too we uh-huh. have to stop <clears throat> everything drudgery yes you know? it's yeah. like the, the, the conversation that we hear all the time where people you know when they're when they're just in a relationship they're all happy and fun or whatever whatever and then they get married and they're like <laughs> bored boring <laughs> and it's all boring and it's like well it we would look so serious stuff because yeah. of that label <clears throat> you know what i'm saying label. so the label yeah. of work has this um, idea attached to it. The label of cleaning has this idea attached to it. Cause you know, when yeah. I do clean and I feel like doing, I put some music on and be, you know, exactly. in, the, in, the, in the mean not like, you know, exactly. So exactly. Another, that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. And our children, and they do teach us that. They really do teach us that when we stop and we, you know, pay attention. And because we've bought into the idea that in order for us to get things done, it has to feel a certain way and one of the I read this book called the continuum concept Mm. a while back Mm -hmm. and she the the author of the book I don't know her name but it's a it's a it's a pretty good book um in it she talks about this idea of you know it's a book about children and how children in the western world are seen versus like in tribes so what she did was that she traveled and she went to different tribes of like the amazon of mexico like deep tribes and she created you know this book called the continuum concept 
And she's saying that what she, in the book, she says that what she learned from living with these tribes, like it literally blew her open, like completely, mm. it unraveled her. And in one of the parts of the book, she says that she says how in the Western world, we see work as something that is like drudgery. It like, it kills our soul. It kills our spirits. Like you, like you think of work and a job and within instantly, without even realizing it, we already start dimming. Yeah. Like without even realizing you already started dimming yourself, like, Oh, got to get up Monday suck this and that, you know? And in the book, she says that one of the things that really like changed her mind about everything was that she was with these tribes and they were like carrying these big, heavy, you know, things. And while she and the other people that came along to the trip with her from the western world were having like this miserable time oh this wood is heavy this sucks can't believe they're making us do this the people from the tribe were just like happily moving along and just carrying their bricks and like laughing with each other and having fun with each other and she said that what she realized was that they were taught that it was just like, just by watching the children, mm-hmm. they were taught that it was just part of what they did and they could laugh at that time. They could right. have fun at that time. It didn't have to be to meet a deadline. She said that at one point it became so heavy or something happened that she had to stop. And they actually, like, rather than, she looked at the tribes people and she thought that what they were going to, like, look back at her and be like, oh, come on, you're wasting our time. We got to go. She said they looked at her and they were like, okay, it's fine. Just take your time. We'll wait for you. And it was like, it wasn't a big deal. We're like, okay, that's fine. You do what you got to do. And then when you're done, we'll continue. There was no timeline on it. There was no pressure. There was no stress. It just was her. That's it. Just doing it. You know, and our kids, as you said, which is why I started talking about this, they do the same, they do those things up to a certain age. I've realized that, you know, they do start to get our conditions after a certain age, but up until like maybe four, they live their lives in the same exact way. It's like, everything is fun. Everything is playful. We're going to clean the couch. We're going to throw ourselves across the couch and leap Mm -hmm. like Batman Mm -hmm. while we take this toy from here to the toy chest. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, let's do it this way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I had to I had to play a whole princess game with one little girl so she could clean up her room. <laughs> got it cleaned up. I was like, well, this this was definitely my introduction into being more playful in my life. And I said that that's what I wanted in my life and this is what And I've got more playfulness. <laughs> yes, yes. And this is these are the things that once we start to allow ourselves to see these are the things that we can find again back to ourselves but you know it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning which is we have to allow ourselves to say yes there can be another way yes i will allow myself to find the awareness and couple that with taking care of myself so that i can actually get to see what you're doing and allow you to be who you are in that space. So let's do this another way. Fine. Let's find the fun. <laughs> you know, those are so great. Those are great intentions and affirmations. Yes. Find yes. The, let me find the fun throughout my day. Let me yeah. um, just be able to be and find yeah. joy. And that's one of my power words for this year is joy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's so <laughs> critical that we see that our children yeah. us happy and just yes and that they enjoy these things about, yeah because when we think about a lot of older women in our lives we when we think about i don't know if we really saw them really just happy you know just yeah. joyful about mm-hmm. 
themselves and about life. And I really have to think about it. Yes. To really get, you know, um, context. <clears throat> right. It's a very hard thing to find because I think that um, with, especially with, um, with a lot of the immigrants, right. Um, you know, there's different, uh, I don't want to say categories. I'll say, um, perceptions according to where your background is. Right. So with a lot of immigrants, we had, we came into, we being, you know, our families came into this country in order to do something, to produce something because our countries didn't have whatever it was. So we came here with the intentions of producing and doing. And in that space, a lot of the women and men lost a lot of that sort of way of being, of allowing things to be enjoyed, allowing things to be as they were. And what we did was that we attached this drudgery, as I was saying before, we got to get it done. You know, I have to, like my mom, I have to, I have to shower you, feed you, find your clothes, clean the house and help you with your homework all within the next hour and a half. We got to get it done. Hurry up. There's nothing else. Cause tomorrow morning I got to get up at four o'clock in the morning, get you ready, get you off to school, get you, you know, all these other things. And everything becomes this stuff where you just have to do stuff, you know, and, one of my I love communities when when I don't mean to cut you off, but no, it's fine. Plainfield, where I'm from, there's a, a large um population from Latin America, <laughs> various places in Latin America and South America and Central America, wherever. And um they're literally everything as soon as the you know spring breaks, <laughs> yeah, as soon as summer breaks, as soon as there's any little thing to celebrate. You hear the music going. Yes. See the barbecuing outside. I'm like, yes, I love it. <laughs> There's the joy in all that stuff. Let's find it. I love that. And that and requires, it comes back to what you said earlier, yeah. that it really requires a community that supports that. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. Yourself. I mean, you can't have a one-person party, but at some point it's going to become more, right? <laughs> <laughs> you need some other people to be like, yes, let's get yeah. this, you know, let's dance out here. You know, that's mm -hmm. energy and motion, you know? Yes, that's so true. That's so very true. You do need all that stuff. And, you know, people that help support us to see and hold us in those visions and in those places of, helping us find that space where we can move back into that again, you know? And I, I think that slowly, if we allow ourselves, cause it all starts with the self. If we allow ourselves to find that space, we can eventually move back into that space and find people that will nurture that within us. Um, but it's about finding that within ourselves first so that we can allow those, those things to be part of our lives. Mm -hmm. and to integrate into our lives and to integrate the things that we want to actually cultivate into our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And always being conscious of that. Mm -hmm. Conscious of that. Flipping anything that you don't want in your life to, to turn it into, you know, realizing that, okay, I realize what I don't want. So what do I want? That's always, right. that question always comes up with clients for me. Right. What, do you want yeah and clarify that and continue to clarify and refine that you will live different yeah and a lot of people it's really interesting a lot of people don't know what they want so my thing is always that's fine so what don't you want 
right. by just by knowing what you don't want mm -hmm. and, and living intentionally in that space of saying, I don't want this, mm -hmm. you will start to see, oh, okay, this does feel good though. Mm -hmm. And by taking out what doesn't feel right, you will move into what does feel right for you. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a very, I guess that's the simplest way to yes heal yourself <laughs> mm -hmm. right, right. heal your children and really understand your children really and understanding them comes down to because oftentimes when children don't want to do something it really it's really sometimes it's defiance against you but sometimes it's a soul level like nah that i don't yeah. like that <laughs> exactly exactly and that's <laughs> When we learn how to, I think that one of the things that we also, in order to, you know, help heal our children while we're healing ourselves is to really be conscious, like 100% conscious as much as possible of the fact that they are who they are and to allow them 100% to be that person. Because what we have been taught to do and what we do is that we say, no, that's not okay. I don't like that part of you, or I don't like that you do that, or I don't like this thing, or I don't like that thing, or let me polish this, let me polish that. And what we do is that we start changing them, and we change them to, um, and this is what, you know, it goes into what you were saying before, like when the kids start getting older and they don't have the connection anymore. It happens in this space. It happens because it's too hard for us to stop to allow them to be who they are. So we start polishing and we start forcing, and we start changing and we start correcting and doing all these other things. And then we remove from them the essence of who they are. And then here they are angry and nobody, you know, it's like when I let you be who you are and I allow you to be who you are and I heal myself enough to let you be who you are, we can both grow together. But when one of us is not allowing the other one, this is where all this other dirty stuff comes in and start make and starts to make the relationship something that it wasn't intended to be, you know, and it's by healing, by allowing them to be who they are and healing ourselves in that process. So it's like, you know, one of the things that I like to tell my clients is that it is a it's a continual like symbiotic process where it's like both you and me are both working together to free ourselves from things. But I, in order for me to free you or to allow yourself to come in free, I have to heal my junk that was given to me through all these other things that we were talking about earlier so that I can allow you to be who you are. And the only way I can allow you to be who you are is by me removing from myself what told me that you can't be what you are. Mm, mm, mm. and this starts off say that again i said that is the essence of healing you know mm -hmm. being, being who you are being who you are and when we remove that from our children because it's hard for us to be aware it's hard for us to face it's hard for us to allow and release and then change we're continuing these cycles of hurt and broken and damage and repression and guilt and resentment. And we, this is what we do essentially. It's harder in the beginning. And I, you know, I've said this to many clients, it's harder in the beginning to deal with this stuff, but it take, but if you don't 
allow this stuff to be healed and to move through in the beginning, moment by moment, time by time, um, you know, deviation by deviation and, you know, whatever, the, com the culmination of it at the end is just so much more. It is. Like it's you're like going to deal with it now or you're going to deal with it later. You're still going to deal with it. Right. And, and when you deal with it later, it's like you're, you're going to kick yourself. It's going to be, it's going to take more time for, or it may yes. be harder for you to forgive yourself. It has, yes. it has accumulated more in your subconscious. Yes. Right. Yes. So they, they, now you have all these other, these experiences in your subconscious that, that has been created. Um, yes. And yeah. And, you know, going into the metaphysical part of it, that, you know, healing that throat chakra and healing yourself so you can communicate what it is that mm -hmm. you're feeling and thinking um, at any moment is so critical because a lot of us won't even say, yeah, I don't want to do that. Right. Because <laughs> we're forcing ourselves because based on what the societal perception is. Of what right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right? So we and force ourselves. It's like force feeding ourselves yes. <laughs> when we know we want to eat. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, and, we, and we continue. And, you know, the saddest part is that we don't even allow ourselves to get to the place where we question these things anymore. Like, right. we don't question them. You know, I read um, something silly, like, maybe not, but uh, a few years ago where these people were talking about how, like, the grandmother used to cut, like, a meatloaf or something like that to put it in a pan. And, like, the mother used to cut it, and she got to the point that she was like, why are we doing this? And I read like, that same thing, yes. Did you? Like, generation <laughs> after generation, they would cut it and put it somewhere, same cut thing, it and yes. put it somewhere. Mm -hmm. So when she finally asked, it was like, well, why do we cut it? And the grandma was like, oh, because I had a small pan where it wouldn't fit. But yes. nobody thought to ask. Exactly. <laughs> it just exactly. continued. <laughs> exactly. It was just innovation at the moment. It's not right. something that needs to continue forever. It's exactly but we here we are continuing it forever right you know like um and it's funny because when you stop and you think back and our children they oh jesus are they our best teachers our children are fantastic with poking that hurt they poke it they poke it, they poke it, and then they, and you know, this, of course, this isn't physical poking. Like, this is like mm -hmm. energetic poking. Mm -hmm. This is emo emotional poking at right. its best. <laughs> emotional poking at its best. Right. You know, mm -hmm. they will do something that will irritate the hell out of you. And mm. you're like, why the fudge are you freaking doing that? Didn't I tell you 5,000 times to stop? But never do we stop to question ourselves well, why is this kid doing this? Well, why am I angry that you're doing this? Well, why is this pissing me off? Well, why, why am I not understanding you? Like, we, we never stop yeah. to, to, to get to these places. Yeah. We just, auto-reaction comes in, boom. Didn't I tell you to stop that 5,000 times ago already? Yeah. Like, stop it. But we don't question. And, you know, one of the things that I will say, it's easier for me, I suppose, because my children are homeschooled, so they're with me all the time. Yeah. And my children don't have the model, <laughs> which is double. Um, thank you. They don't have the model of other people for me to say, oh, they learned that somewhere else. Like, no, no, no. Right. Everything is here. You know, so I know that everything is here. And everything that happens or that, you know, they do, it's either through me or dad or through something that they consumed on social media or something like that, or not social media, because they, they, they cannot have social media accounts, they're too young. Um, but like YouTube, 
for something like that or watching videos or something, you know? Um, so it's like everything that happens, I have to sit and be the mirror for that stuff and be like, okay, why are we doing this right now? Where is this coming from? And that's a lot for, I think that right there is a lot for a lot of women and mothers. Yeah. Because even if they are going outside into the world, um, they are still, you are still their, what's the word I'm looking for? Like their primary energetic. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And so, um, you know, I think that that becomes, you know, triggering for a lot of women. Yes, it is. Mothers, fathers, even, even though I don't deal with fathers, but I'm, this is, all of this stuff still, uh, you know, applies to them as well in a lot of ways. Um, it's still triggering. Hello? Hello? Oh, no, I can't hear you. Oh, you can't hear me now? Oh, Hello? Hello? Mm. hello there we are okay i was just about to send you a message (laughs) um (laughs) so yeah it's it's very triggering yes a lot of women to have to deal with this conversation it is because they are like well i'm to blame or what Um, to blink a job, drink some more water. <laughs> um, am I to blame for everything? Like how, what does this look like? No, right. you're not to blame for every single thing. Right. It's just that you have to be aware and keep the conversation flowing. You can't, right. we have to get to the point where we're not so triggered or not so sensitive or not so egoistical that we can't have a conversation. Mm-hmm. about what is going on that is where the intergenerational healing happens yes talking about things and you know we grow up in families a lot of times where things are so buried under it's like we know so we go to family reunions and we know that uncle john john is you know he ain't right type thing right that conversation you don't have the conversation yeah. you know everybody's just kind of like oh you know he's that like, one Right. Or let it work out itself, you know. know. And that's where a lot of that stuff, that's so very true. And, you know, I have, I work with someone who pretty much, um, who was, you know, abused by someone in her family. And it's like, oh, well, let's just sweep that under the rug. Let's sweep that on the carpet. Like we don't, we don't discuss these things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is where a lot of this hurt and trauma comes from. The fact that things are not dealt with, the fact that things are not brought to the light, the fact that things aren't allowed to discuss. And, you know, I will say that it comes, I, I have realized that it comes 100% directly from um, as I said before, lack of emotional understanding mm-hmm. and a lack of understanding the process of when things come up, because we don't understand that process. Like we, as human beings, we have been taught that process. We're, as I said, we're taught to just do. We're not taught to feel. We're not taught to emote. We are taught to do. So when all of these things start to come up, the vast majority of us are not in spaces where we can actually let these things come up for healing. Mm-hmm. So we push them down and we bury them and we, we throw them away, mm-hmm. which is why our children 
are so important in these spaces because when we allow them to be who they are, when we allow them the right to speak freely and to live their truths, they remove, they bring up those things that need to be changed. They bring up those things that need healing. You know, and it's like, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, this is where things like therapy, you know, yeah. having coaches like yourself, like myself and many of the, you know, other coaches that specifically, mm-hmm. you know, understand these issues and specifically can, you know, help you just, even just, again, talk it out. I think a lot of times we yeah. have capacity to handle it and deal it, but we don't express anything. We don't express anything. You know, we, yeah. <laughs> counseling is so critical. A lot of yeah. us culturally don't do counseling let me just say people of color particularly yes don't do counseling and i think that it's kind of a a a mixture of we don't trust the system of Mm -hmm. therapy and counseling and and that we have a history of you know being able to go to our elders or being able to go to our community members or spiritual spiritualists in our communities right deal with these things and so it's we have to either connect back to that mm-hmm. spiritual side or go ahead and find that um therapist or coach or whatever or both right or but both yeah to find i've had mm-hmm. yeah 100 i agree with you and i i have had clients who are who work with me and a therapist and you know a psychologist and they work and i think it's time for us to start taking that into our own spheres and saying, no, I need this. I need this healing. And, you know, um, I didn't say in the beginning, I probably should have, like I do, I am a channel. I do bring in spirit. So one of the things that I do is that I bring in um, the higher selves of generations, children, mothers, um, fathers. I bring in timelines. I bring to people um, the energies of what they're working with so that they can understand these things and we can move into working through them. You know, this is what I do at core. So I help mothers align, but this is how I myself through soul centered mama help mothers align. Mm -hmm. And I've had many, many, many clients where it's like, it's like in their faces and it's like, well, you're the one who came here to heal this stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I have found Um, in the larger scope is that those who are supposed to be our elders have been broken. They don't know how to deal with this stuff. They know how to cover it and they know how to push it away. So we are the ones who are feeling it and we are the ones who are bringing it up in our own ways. And our children are the ones who are triggering it for us so that we can feel it and heal it. And there's, there's a very deep, um, like energy at work when it comes to these, these, this, the power of the generations and the, the, the healing that has to happen. And it's, I think it's very crucial for people to understand this. Like they are not, they are children. They are not coming to do this stuff to hurt us, to drive us crazy. They're coming to help us heal it because they are the only ones who can press those buttons and press our hurts and make us force our triggers, you know, and force those things to come up because the elders are, like I said before, the elders are hurt. The elders are in pain. The elders don't know how to be elders. And as you know, just speaking in general terms, our society doesn't even value them anymore. Like we take our elders and we throw them in homes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We throw them in homes. 
So the people that we're supposed to go to, and it's like, I feel, it's funny, I was telling my husband this yesterday or something like that. We are a society of blind people just trying to feel our ways in the dark. And it's not working anymore. It's not working. The vast majority of us are in pain and we don't understand why. And it comes from us, as I said before, the fact that a lot of our awareness, the fact that our understanding of ourselves, our emotional understanding, the, the deep understanding of this healing process is not given to us. Mm-hmm. We're walking around blind. Ooh. And the people that are supposed to be leading us, the ones who are supposed to say, you know, my grandmother, who's, you know, she's on the other side now. My grandmother used to say um, in Spanish, old people don't know because, you know, because we're old. We know because we were wise. We know yes. because we've lived. Yes. We've already been there, done that. Right. But the problem is that with so many of them, their hurts are not allowed to be transmuted. And yes. what they do is that they hold it. Our whys can't lead us because they have the pain that was given to them. You know, one of the things I have, for instance, um, I have daughters and sons. I have both, you know, and my husband comes from a line of warriors and my sons naturally, and this is something that I won't even go to, but you know, in their DNA, they come from warrior lines and they are triggered in very deep ways when they see things of that nature of things that are like warriors or people doing the haka or, you know, things like that, where you know that it comes from lines of warriors mm-hmm. and I've, there's so many times that I've wanted to take my sons to like vets so that they can learn from vets mm-hmm. and learn from those stories of vets and for, so that they can tell them because I know that my sons are naturally called to this line mm-hmm. and they will not open up. They won't share their stories. Vets because, and I understand that, you know, vets have all that trauma of the stuff that they've gone through, but because there is no healing in place for them, we shut them up and throw them somewhere. The younger ones can't learn from them. They can't learn from them. Yeah, you know? they've, they've been taught that their stories are, are the perception of their story is all pain. Mm-hmm. Right? It's all that's, unhealed that's, pain. The perception of the story is all pain. That's the reason why a lot of us don't speak out of things that we feel. Yes. Because we that don't. perception and we don't allow it to go through our bodies. And I say this all the time in indigenous cultures, you know, we people it's commonplace so for example in south america ayahuasca has become very popular right now yes. we're getting into the, the deeper spiritual aspects of this obviously so yeah just, clearly it has transitioned but um you know that's just a common play a friend of mine he's a shaman and he does you know those rituals all the time and he mm-hmm. You know, he's like, it's common. Like when I was introduced to it, I was just walking with a friend. He was like, oh, let's go to my house. We're having a party. And that was the party. Like people were taking ayahuasca so that they can, you know, release themselves. Right. (laughs) And they can become whatever things that happened within that year or whatever. It was like a yearly, just something that happened. Right. You know, and I think, again, we have been removed from these rituals. Yes that are there to you know the drumming the dancing right you know the energy the energy pure energy movement the pure movement of the energy that is stuck within us yes you know that stuff is what's 
it's what's like what we're holding on to because we don't know how to process it. We don't know how to release it. We don't know how to allow it to move, yeah. you know? And it's like, I, I tell people all the time, emotion is just energy in motion. When we learn how to move that energy through us and not hold it, we can take those traumas and that pain and that hurt and we can move it and then use it to help someone else. Exactly. That's the purpose of it. Exactly. You know? And there's many ways to do it and it doesn't right. have to look, yes, it, it's ritual is in everything that we do and we can right. do a ritual that is going to continue to keep us in a cycle of stuff and hurt and pain, or we can just yes. move that, move the energy um, in a positive way, drawing, exactly. writing, dancing, cooking, whatever it is that you love. I feel like that is what has your energy. I love to travel. So for me, not traveling is like death to my spirit. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) So it's it's funny, like everyone has a different thing that they use in order for them to release and come back to center, mm-hmm. you know, and mine is like, I need brain time. I'm very mental. Mm-hmm. I need time in my mind. I need time without people like being in my mind, like asking me questions. Like I have five kids, so that's hard, yeah. but yeah, I need it. I need that for my sanity. I need time by myself. I crave solitude, you know, and my husband is He's like workout guy. My husband needs physical activity in order for him to feel balanced. There are people, like you said, people that cook. There are people that desire to be in nature very much. There are people that like to dance. There are people that like to sing. And it's all about just understanding what's yours and what works for you and doing that like constantly so that you can continue to center yourself so that you can, as you're, you're, brand is is evolve so that you can evolve and you can evolve to a point where you're allowing the healing for yourself and your children to happen because if we self-care yes yes it is the ultimate self-care and until we get to those places where we're doing those things consistently we're just going to keep running back to those pain and hurt stories we're going to keep running back to the auto reactions we're going to keep running back to the things that don't feel good that we know don't feel good and we're going to keep pushing them away and saying well that's just there because we don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, you know, this journey of evolution is, it doesn't have to be difficult. It really doesn't. And the majority of it is letting go. (laughs) That's so important. Being that that I say yeah. it all the time, the majority of what you need to do is to let let go. Yeah, and, and letting go is not quitting. It's not quitting. No, it's not, quitting. It's not saying I give up. Yep, it's surrendering. It's surrendering and being like, you know what? Let me let the universe take this. Yes. Process it and bring back the goodness to me so that I yes. can use it for the. My use it exactly and, yep and one thing that i have found and i and i'll say this intentionally for anyone out there who is listening to this and feels any kind of urging or you know soul calls or anything like that i want them to know and this is coming from my intuitive space that 
there are those out there of us whose purpose is to come here and do that work. So if you're listening to this, you're probably one of those people. You're not crazy. You're not, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. It's your purpose to question things and understand because there is a whole generation of us who is like, that's enough. I'm done with this. I can't do with that lifestyle anymore. And our purpose is to allow these things to move through so that we can show the difference to other people around us. You know, and we're not, it's not supposed to be, you know, like something that we take and we hide because we're the crazy ones. No, we're supposed to be the different ones because it is our job to show them what our healing has looked like so we can show it to those in our tribes. You know, and that's something that I've picked up energetically over the last year or two. We, like the majority of us went away from our tribes because we weren't allowed to be who we were. And we were like, well, you know what? I can be who I am or I can't do the things that I want or you're hurting me or you're making me feel bad. I'm just going to leave. Right. But, you know, and I'm going to go do, I'm going to do me and I'm going to do it away from you. And now we're being called to come back and live our truths out loud in front of those that are from our tribes from our you know from our from our generational tribes if you will and trust me when i tell you it definitely frees people up to be who they are even older yes. women like the older women in my family be looking at me like girl mm -hmm. you crazy but i want to live like you <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I got, they going on trips they traveling they doing yes like, they're not hung up on whether or not they house are clean to the exactly spot. Exactly. Listen, you, you transform others. It is that old age old yes. saying: you transform others by transforming yourself. You want to change exactly. the world, change yourself. Change yourself, exactly. And it's funny because my mom, and I think this is really my mom is one of those old, like stubborn. I see my way, and that's just the way that it is. And she's, it's just who she is. She's always been like that. And a few days ago, I was talking to her and we were having a conversation about something and, and um, something about control, because um, one of the things that I surrendered a long time was control. I was modeled to be controlling. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, when I said one of the one of those things that I faced that where I started off years ago, when my daughter was four, my oldest one was control. The fact that I was very controlling mm -hmm. and it was one of those things that I was like, okay, I got to put this down and it's taken me years. So we were having a conversation, my mom and I about this stuff and you know, the healing that I've been doing, my daughter's been the, the, the benefit, the benefactor of it. Mm -hmm. And my mother has been watching in the background. Mm -hmm. And a few days ago we were having a conversation and I was telling her all this stuff and I was saying, you know, mom, the reason why all of these things are happening is because you still have this control thing where you want to control everything around you. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the conversation, she goes, you know what? You make a lot of sense. And my mom has never said anything like this. To me. <laughs> a lot of sense. Because again, at the end of the day, it's her way, right? Mm -hmm. And she goes, I think, because I had to go and I, I had to hang up. And I, she says, I think I'm going to call you again so we can keep talking about this because the stuff that you were saying makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And like that blew my mind. I was like, whoa lady really you're listening to me like whoa i'm saying something for you and it's like again like you said the older ones are now starting to come in like i was called all kinds of crazy when i when i decided to homeschool my kids they were like what you're not throwing them in institutions i was like nope i'm not and they were like oh this chick is crazy when i decided to stop hitting my kids because in our cultures mm, girl you can't tell me i already right? know <laughs> 
<laughs> when I told him, I said, I'm not hitting my kids. What? How are you going to, how are you going to control them? How are you going to get them to listen? Like they're doing fine now, right. you know, but all of these things was like, oh my God, Violet is crazy. Look, Violet's going to raise wolves. They're going to be wolves, all of them. <laughs> they're going to be feral. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know and now after all of these years like you know now it's getting to the point where they're like oh I get it now mm-hmm. but I had to go out against it and purposefully and defiantly live my truth mm-hmm. with them showing me the way mm-hmm. so yes 100% I'm, I'm thankful that we are living in the age where this is happening Yes, me too. You know, I can't blame or fault my foremothers because they lived in a certain situation and a mindset, you know, and we're seeing this unraveling of, um, of things now and we're seeing how things are changing and things are moving back into the feminine energy of that is freedom. Honestly, that is uh, not being afraid of chaos or the darkness unknown and being playful and being yes all of that other stuff and so i'm thankful that that is that is happening and there's where we are yes being ultimately free to be ourselves absolutely which i I don't see how being some other way and even thought to be sustainable because Seriously, it just couldn't be. <laughs> like, why'd that even happen? <laughs> you know, but what I realized too is that the, a, a certain image is sold of com- conformity and compliance. But when you look yes. at to, to the masses, but when you look at people who we consider to be quote unquote successful or you know having certain things that a lot of us aspire to have, mm-hmm. or people who are or are you know ha- are just living their lives, they express themselves through being playful and loving and um, yes. being themselves and you know I always use the example of Richard Branson because I always celebrate I mean not celebrate but I always um, research these people who are like billionaires and things like that I'm yes. absolutely curious about that mindset you know to have all of this stuff at your disposal and how you are as a person right right <laughs> and a lot of these people are just carefree yes they do what they want they do what they want. They bring their ideas to the forefront and see how what happens without thought of, you know, am I going to fail? Am I going to, you know, they just, they live life joyously. Yes, they, <laughs> they do. really do. A lot of they them. They do. Um, and, you know. It's true. They do. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why I say, you know, you can, you can choose to live that way if you want. Right. And it's a lot of it I've learned because I I like to do the same thing because I think that it's important for us to step out of our comfort zone Mm -hmm. and say, rather than, uh, closing ourselves off and judging and criticizing like I said before and pointing fingers at these things it's important for us to see these things and say well let me let me understand a different point of view Mm -hmm. let me understand a different way of being let me just research but what we do instead is that we get stuck on our own perception and then we like stay there Mm -hmm. right and because it's comfortable Mm -hmm. and a lot of these people that do live these lifestyles that's what they do one of the things not every but you know that's not the only thing but one of the things that they do is exactly that they allow themselves to question they allow themselves to criticize themselves they allow themselves the 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 
the right, I'll say, to have a different and adopt a different opinion. They allow themselves change. Mm-hmm. They don't stay stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, if one thing, quote unquote, like we are so caught up in failure because we're trying to be something, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, that when something that looks like failure comes up, like a lot of us fold there. And, I, and I'm not saying that as a criticism. I've been there more times than I can count. Mm-hmm. But what they do is that they, they see failure as something else and they say, okay, I am not going to live there I'm going to just look for another door, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that comes to or built one or built one. Exactly. Or I'm just going to demolish the whole structure, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And what that, that circles back into what I was saying before, where it's like, we don't allow ourselves that stuff. We, we guilt ourselves. Mm-hmm. We get stuck on ourselves when these things that do feel bad that our children are presenting to us. And we, we criticize ourselves. We get down on ourselves. We feel bad about ourselves because we've been taught that that one way is the way it has to be. Mm-hmm. So when things like failure, judgment, um, guilt, the reality that the way we've been doing it for so long isn't, for so long isn't working, rather than saying, oh, okay, so me beating you to submission isn't working. Let me look for another way. What we do instead is that we hold on to it. And we say, wait a minute, but that's the way it's always been done. Wait a minute, but I'm doing that because you weren't listening or I'm doing that because this, that, and that's just, you know, my extreme example. But what these people do instead is that they say, oh, well, that's not working. Let me find another way to get you to listen. Mm-hmm. Rather than saying, I'm going to stick with my way, right. you know, but it's because we are feeling down on ourselves. Right. Yeah. Down on ourselves is what takes the playfulness out of life. And that does that, that, you know, um, being able to see different viewpoints and, and not, and not seeing things that aren't in order as chaotic because it's, it's, exactly you know, it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. Another way to create and recreate and and reset boundaries in uh, this universe is expansive. It, oh my gosh, that's so true. We have to break out of, and I have so many theories about why certain things happen in the world the way it is right now. But Ooh, <laughs> so I mean, that's a good conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah, so that we can see that, that the boundaries are limitless. Mm-hmm. It just depends on what it is that we, we not to say that we, there aren't consequences to certain bounds that we take, because mm-hmm. when it comes to certain things like nature, Mother Earth, and things like that, we need to understand some things. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's very that's true. Another conversation. That's another. But I do relate that that mishandling of Mother Nature, and I've been saying this for years. Yes, with the mishandling of the feminine and the woman mm-hmm. principle, and all of those things, and so we have to understand that we cannot destroy those two things. They're they're what exactly us going. <laughs> Ooh, that's like that just brings back to Moana. I love me some Moana. Oh my God, that don't we start with Moana. Okay, if I start with my my daughter gonna come in here and be like, Mom, are you serious? Because I'm gonna watch this movie about 511 times. <laughs> it's amazing the stuff. Like, there's so many layers of so what's going on in that mm-hmm. cartoon. Like, and we just, mm-hmm. oh, it's just a pretty cartoon. Ooh, we need to pay attention. <laughs> that but, and, um, and Coco. I'm like, let me find out Disney getting their life together. Yes, they are. Coco <laughs> is amazing, right? Yeah, they really are. They are. Mm. 
and th- these are great mm-hmm. movies to, to watch and they talk are. to children about certain things. Yes. It really is to see how they view it, number one, but yes. then also get talk to them in in a context about it. And it's not gonna be perfect. I don't have a perfect conversation or <laughs> reels to talk to you, but it's just a great way to have that con- a conversation with your children. A conversation you know, with your children, right who they are you know yes. and holding them to task holding yourself to task for honoring yes. yourself for who you are and honoring you know what i'm saying your dreams and your, your interests dreams. And passions mm-hmm. okay you know and so finding it, yourself in that space and in that line and seeing where it came from and understanding what they did it with it and how that's affecting you as a result and mm-hmm. just all of these other multi-layered things that come from Mm-hmm. those things and and i totally feel you like disney's just totally getting their act together like we can start watching those things again okay exactly okay even though i went to disney we went to disney recently but this is another conversation let me not be all up on this but <laughs> i'm recording here okay That's so funny but- <laughs> what happened when mamas get together see this is why y'all need to have your community your mamas around have your community that's so another true. thing when yeah. i can't deal with certain things i i literally call on other women i'll be like i can't yeah. do anything. can you talk to me about that because i just can't and i'm very honest about it yeah yeah i do the same thing i call like my one of my my first go-to is my sister and i call my sister mm-hmm. carol i need your help today I need you to help me from climbing up five walls. Please help me, help me. And I'm just like, oh, just stay on text with me. Just text with me, text with me. <laughs> you know, it's, just help me stay grounded. Exactly. That's part of releasing that emotional burden, man. Yeah, we need each other. We do. Yeah. So <sighs> your sister, your mama's around and have heart to heart conversations. Stop fronting. Stop fronting. That's so true. That's so true. Like, you know, we we that's oh my gosh we hold back so much mm-hmm. because of what we perceive or what we think or you know being realistic just because the people around us may not be the supportive people we need mm-hmm. we hold back a lot mm-hmm. and we hold back things that way at the end of the day when we do open up that the other person's like oh me too like oh let me tell you about how much we too me too you Thank know you. Mm. And, and it's just like, we need to start opening up these, these avenues and having real conversations about what these things are, what they feel like. And that's the only way we're going to continue to heal ourselves so that we can heal our kids is by having these conversations. You know, I remember when my twins were, were like babies, they were like seven months old, six, seven months old. And my daughters were three and four because they, you know, they were born so close together. And I had a, one of my cousins came to my house and she goes, what do you do when it starts to feel like a lot? You know? And I told her, I said, honestly, I go into the bathroom and I cry and scream into towels. And the face that she gave me was like, oh my God, you poor thing. Like, can I hug you seven times? But it was just my truth at that moment. Like it was just really hard. My kids were really small. They were not sleeping. They were under four, all of them. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, like she got me Mm -hmm. like nothing, nothing happened after that because you know, I'm, I'm the misfit. So (laughs) people often don't know what to do with other people's emotional stuff. They don't know what to do with their own emotional stuff. Exactly. Exactly. But those are things that we have to start being honest with instead of saying, well, I expect you to have it all together. It's like, oh man, that really sucks. And yeah, that's an emotional time and that hurts. And it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Rather than making us feel like, oh, I have to pretend that I have it all together. 
-hmm. that's unrealistic mm -hmm. yep i totally and agree being so, okay with ourselves yeah violet how can people connect with you and contact you if they want any services anything like sure. that how can they connect with you uh, they can go to my website, which is soulcenteredmama.com, or they can just find me on Facebook. Okay. Or um, I have an Instagram, which is soulcenteredmama also. It's the same one, soulcenteredmama. But um, the best bet is through my website and just send me an email through soulcenteredmama.com. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, Violet is amazing and, um, you know, don't feel like you need to pull yourself away from you know, gathering this kind of support because that's what it yes. is. Support in your own evolution, your own journey. Yes. Okay, that's what you need. It's fine. We all needed it. We all need it. We all need support. We, we all, need, all need it. We all needed yeah. it. We all continuously need it. Yes. And, you know, trust me, being on the other side of being free is so worth it. It really is. It is. It's like life takes a whole new different meaning whole different meaning like yes. you wake up different you function yes. your day different you talk different you talk different you you behave with your kids like your auto reactions are different and you come from a different place you question your you move in the world in a completely even different mate, even your mates yes my my interaction with my mates and even just with relationships period yes period Not coming from a place of being triggered but instead coming from oh. a place of being empowered empowered so much different <laughs> it, is, it really is it, it literally colors your entire world and it like you know it makes everything else just brighter <laughs> and on that note we are going to get out of here because yes i mean you know connect with violet um on soulcentermama.com or on facebook as violet moon or yes page on Facebook, Soul Center Mama, or Instagram. And thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. Thank you for Mama having me. And sharing your wisdom, your insights, um, your beautiful energy. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And we know that some more mamas are going to be well informed and healed today because of your information. Thank you. So, all right, my, my mommy's evolving. Enjoy and have a beautiful, beautiful day. Bye. Did you like that? I know it was as informative for you as it was for me. Look, this is a process for all of us. And to keep this process going, I would love to invite you to donate to our podcast. We want to continue to give you high-level content, beautiful content that enlightens and inspires and broadens your vision to elevate you and evolve. So please feel free to go to the podcast page at anchor.fm forward slash mommy matters. We would love to hear your questions and comments as well so that we can discuss them in future podcasts. And you can email that to momevolve at gmail.com. You can also visit the website and send your comments there, www.mommyevolve.com. And I look forward to 
seeing you in the next episode. Peace and love.